Welcome to the e-commerce disruptors podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. In today's podcast, we're going to be chatting with Robert Brown, the director of digital marketing at Jägermeister. This episode is going to give you insights on marketing for the spirit space, and it's going to be very helpful for you marketers out there working in your own unique industry. In the world we live in where data is king, there isn't always a straight answer as to what we should be measuring in our campaigns. You should be able to take some of this info and apply it to your own marketing strategy. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Now let's dive into the interview. Today we have a guest, uh, Robert Brown, the Director of Digital Marketing at Jägermeister, coming in. Uh, super excited. And uh, Robert, if you want to say hi. Hi, e-commerce disruptors. <laughs> Sounds so serious. So official, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think every time you say disrupt, we should take a shot. Take, yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. Line up the Jaeger. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so first of all, really happy to have you come in. Super excited. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I, uh, gosh, I've, um, you're going to make me feel old right away because <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, every time I think about this it actually reminds me of how long I've been doing this but uh, I've been doing digital marketing for about 14 years okay. um, at various places for various uh, organizations so started on the agency side mm -hmm. for almost a decade or a decade there and um, working at uh, big agencies digitally focused agencies mm -hmm. uh, data-driven agencies etc and um, for Companies like American Express, uh, Merck Consumer Care, which is now Bear, which I think they've been bought again. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Claritin, Coppertone, Dr. Scholl's, some over-the-counter drugs. Uh, and then um, Unilever, working on Dove and Dove MenCare, um, launching that, that brand extension in five categories uh, from a digital perspective. Um, then moved over to the brand side and uh, Pernod Ricard, uh, Prior to my current gig, um, which is Absolute, Jameson, Malibu, uh, a ton of wine and spirits brands. Um, and then today, three weeks in, <laughs> I, <laughs> at uh, Directive Digital at Jägermeister, um, where I lead all of their digital efforts uh, across the brand in the U.S. Nice. Quite the resume there. Thanks. I like it. <laughs> um, so I, I know, like you said, uh, you started off in the agency side, moved to the client side. Is there anything you miss from the agency side? <laughs> loaded question um <laughs> yeah i mean i think there's there are certainly benefits and uh cons on both sides um i think one of the things i miss on the agency side is one the relative lack of politics yeah <laughs> um you know you're, you're so busy doing work that you have no time for politics exactly <laughs> i mean there's yeah. still some but there's not not a ton um client sites full of them so yeah <laughs> word to the wise um the other thing that I think I miss is um, uh, on the agency side, we incubate creative ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a germ of an idea and it be incubated by everyone around you. Yeah. Um, on the client side, you're selling a baked idea for the most part and trying to build coalitions. And so um, to me, that's the biggest difference between what happens on the creative side and what happens on the client side. And it's, it's, you know, one of the reasons why agencies will always exist, yeah. um, is because you need that, uh, ability to incubate, um, in a form that is, you know, you're not trying to sell. Exactly. Almost a night and day comparison. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know you listed a, a few of the brands that you've worked with, which ones, uh, would you say kind of were, were your top favorite? 
Um, Jaeger, obviously. Is, is yeah, I mean, aside from Jaeger, <laughs> I love now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I love all of my babies. <laughs> um, no, I, I really enjoyed working on um, Unilever and Dove and Dove Men. I mean, it's an iconic brand. Yeah. Uh, anyone who gets to work on that brand probably you know, feels like they're uh, doing something really big and, and a big part of their career, I'm sure. So um, that was a highlight of my career, working on that brand. Um, but the other ones are, you know, they were all great as well. I worked, I had been, um, fortunate enough to work on some really, uh, great brands. Okay, great. And out of those brands, which ones would you say you, you face some really tough challenges in terms of marketing or, or coming up with a strategy? Uh, American Express actually in particular was, uh, quite a challenge for me at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the work that, uh, outside of American Express that I, I did was communication um, brand building, awareness, you know, engagement, uh, that sort of thing. American Express is a very different animal, and, and the work I did there, we were really developing um, uh, products to solve real business needs um, mm. and digital products, and, and that's a very different skill set and, and um, initiative than a uh, integrated campaign. And so yeah. um, it posed it, you know, posed its own challenges and and was, um, but rewarding in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Right now, would you say, uh, and really any any brand, who do you think is doing just a, a great job, just really killing it with with their brand, brand awareness, their campaigns, everything they're doing? Um, hmm. Gosh, I can think of, of um, so many. I mean, you see what Nike's done to really get back into the the game and the conversation, and, and so I think they're doing a great job from communication PR perspective. Um, <clears throat> you have brands like um, you know, the Starbucks from a conversion and digital tools and uh, digital experience perspective. They, they're getting, I think, some, over 50% of their sales at this point uh, from their digital and mobile apps, which yeah. were, did not exist a couple of years ago. Um, so you think from that perspective, I think they're doing a great job. I think, um, you know, in terms of full, like, CRM and uh, thinking about the full consumer experience, you look at, like, a Peloton. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they do a great job of full market funnel marketing yeah. and um, really owning CRM and taking consumers through that journey over and over and over again. Um uh, so I, I really enjoy what they do as well. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, with all those brands, really can see that shift to hyper personalization, making sure that it's all about the consumer, making yeah. that experience just top notch. Right. Um, and you know, obviously, your background is in marketing. What specifically attracted you to uh, the spirit space? Uh, I, you know, spirit. It's, it's a fun industry, so uh, you know, it's hard to um, find an industry that's comparable in terms of the types of work you get to do every day. Um, and sometimes we take that for granted, but, um, you know, there nothing in particular other than the fact that it's in an industry that's actually really interesting. Uh, we do, we do a lot of interesting work and you see a lot of interesting work coming out of spirits brands. Um, you know, they're, they often are willing to try new and different things. Um, the biggest challenge is being able to scale those things and do them, um, in a way that, that, uh, drives business. And, and that's where spirits is different from other categories. But, um, uh, I, you know, I think, I think just being in a, a fun industry where I get to go to work every day and look at cocktails and uh, <laughs> think about how people drink um, exactly. and have fun and uh, and you know have you know good good social um, time with their friends. Yeah, you're making people's weekends. Yeah, so. yeah, not a bad gig. <laughs> and I know there are specific challenges within the spirits mark or sp- uh, spirit space. 
uh, specifically with making sure that you're targeting the right audience, those mm-hmm. legal restrictions. Mm-hmm. How do you structure campaigns around that to make sure that you're targeting the right audience? Uh, you know, it, the uh, LDA, we call it legally, um, legal drinking age, uh, we, we don't think of actually on a daily basis. It's something that's sort of so ingrained in us and, and mm-hmm. everything that we do in our process that um, it's not a, a thought. We, we are marketing to those who are of age. So, yeah. um, you know, there are some things that they're... Uh, uh, there's an organization actually at Spirits Industry Organization that's in place that puts guidelines in place that uh, tells us where we can market, how we can market, and that's across all okay. uh, all brands and and um, and so there are requirements in terms of how many people are on your site if you're marketing if you're running media um, have to be 21 plus in order to receive uh, to in order for you to market on that site. Oh, wow. um, but I, I would say that you know where we are in terms of a technology perspective, where we're targeting individuals um, versus doing you know doing less and less of um, uh, managed buys. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually helping us to make sure that we're targeting specific people who are 21 plus. So that's becoming less of an issue. Oh great! Um, no, that's but um, you know it's it's not a it's not something that we actively think about or that it's that hinders our work in any way um you know just like any other brand who has a specific target uh that includes an age range we're targeting 21 yeah. plus yeah gotcha. specifically you know within the spirits space you're in a u- uh, unique scenario where you market your product online but you don't sell it there mm-hmm. do you feel there are any obstacles there and how have you faced those data is one of the biggest obstacles we faced in face in um in the spirits category because of the route to market, because of the legal structure of um, the three-tier system where a supplier, owner of the brand, maker of the product can't sell directly to consumer. Uh, in most cases, there are some exceptions yeah. to that rule, but um, in most cases, they can't sell directly to the consumer. That inability to get conversion data directly um, and feed that back into a conversion loop it um, is non-existent for the most yeah. part um and, but it's something that we're working to to solve and you know we solve it with proxies like uh foot traffic how much how many people are we driving to bars and restaurants how many people okay. you know, are seeing our media um we look at e-commerce and and new partners like um uh drizzly or minibar who are not who are third-party services and not retailers um, and so we can market with them in ways that we cannot with um, directly with retailers, and um, and so there there is a, there is work that's happening to help to close the loop on sales and um, yeah. ensure that what we're doing from an awareness marketing perspective is actually leading to a conversion at the end of the day. Um, but that is a big challenge for us in this category. So do you find that working with gig uh, gig economy type apps like Drizzly mm-hmm. that's that's helpful for you guys? In some ways, mm-hmm. uh, it's. Yeah, it allows for the closed loop measurement in ways that uh, otherwise we cannot uh, easily measure. And so, a uh, you know they are operating as a media vehicle for us essentially. So we're buying media uh, yeah. from those properties, and and um, and so that's just a different um, arrangement altogether. Okay. Yeah. So then, in that case, I imagine your campaigns are all about awareness. Then. No, no, no. Quite yeah. and quite the opposite. Like we. Awareness is a big, you know, big um, part of what we do from a digital perspective, and and getting in culture and conversation. Yeah. Um, most spirits are uh, lifestyle brands, whether they like it or not. Consumers choose yeah. choose spirits um, because they are relevant to them uh, or their friend circle, mm-hmm. and um, 
and so uh, that's a big part of what we do. But there, there's also this whole other side of how are we drive and convert and how are we doing that digitally. Um, as you know, consumers are on their phone throughout their day. They are, um, you know, they, they are on their phone when they're in the liquor store as much as they are when they are in Walmart. And so uh, in Walmart, in some states, is a liquor store. But, <laughs> um, but they are, um, so reaching them in that environment, reaching them before they get there, uh, getting on the shopping list that they're probably making on their phone, giving, serving them coupons yeah. when you know when they're in the store or before they get there, um, remarketing to them through CRM to get them to buy more and, and buy more often. That uh, that's all conversion focused digital uh, activation. And that's a big part of what we do as well. Okay, what would you say is the the biggest KPI that you, you you're worried about tracking when it comes to that? Um, in, in in digital shopper and you know the retail environments, one side the e-commerce side is is a whole other in, in that you know there are uh, indirectly we are selling our products online through Walmart, through Total Wine and more, through uh, Drizzly and Mini Bars we've talked about, and so um, uh, ensuring that we're driving sales on those platforms, we're driving visibility of our products, yeah. um, we're driving um, frequency and and uh, repurchase, etc., uh, is still happening from an e-commerce perspective, but um, in the physical store environment, the KPIs we look at like are things like um, uh, store traffic. Are we driving store traffic? Are we driving um, people to download coupons? Are we getting people to engage with our promotions? And so we get data back, um, mm-hmm. and that's a conversion point as well. Okay. You, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like Jaeger's uh, a drink with a, a very specific market. How are you able to overcome that mindset and, in a sense, cast a wider net? Uh, so Jaeger uh, historically has been a, and still is, a shop brand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it became big in the U.S. through through shots, through the Jaeger bomb. Yeah. And so, uh, and that still will be a focus for us, not, not the Jaeger bomb, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, shots, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how a lot of consumers still consume our product. Um, but we're looking at widening the occasions in which we show up, you know, when consumers are drinking a beer with their friends on Tuesday um, and not in those high energy moments. We also want to be there. Uh, We want to be in places where they may be drinking crafted cocktails. Um, Jaeger is a product that has 56 herbs and and botanicals um, that that make it up. And so um, it is a craft product. Um, Don't tell legal I said that, but but essentially, you know, it's, it's, um, it has those craft cues. So we want to be in more occasions and, and we're actively, you know, working to, to do that. Yeah, and even taking a look at your site, I've noticed there's that drink section where it's you, you can it has it just a straight up shot, then the fresh, then the, yeah. the kind of fruity cocktail. So it seems like you guys are really broadening on that end. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, you know it's uh, most brands can't live in one occasion only, um, and Jaeger fortunately has been able to do that for a long time. But um, you know it only lasts so long. How has the spirits landscape? Would you say it's changed with? Uh, the emergence of the landscape that we live in. Like you said, we're mobile first, social media driven, we're in the moment. How do you feel that's impacted the spirits landscape? Um, a lot of the choice is happening, in some cases still by bartender recommendation. When you go into a bar, you may ask the bartender just for a, a shot of something and they may recommend the product. Mm-hmm. Um, or you may say, what's a good you know, tequila? And they'll recommend a good tequila. Yeah. Um, but more and more, a lot of that choice and, and consumers more and more armed with more information so they're able to make that decision before they get there or uh, even in the store make that decision or change that decision based on uh, research online. And um, and so getting on the consideration side if they're going to the on-premise or getting on the shopping list if they're going to the off-premise um, is an important part of what how digital uh, can enable 
um, that consumer journey. So um, that has definitely changed how consumers choose brands um, mm-hmm. in both the on and off premise and also how we can engage with them. Gotcha. Even there's there's been kind of a rising trend in craft brewing. Do you see that's impacted the, the spirit space at all? Um, so beer as a category has been, um, if there are three categories that make up um, Alcabev, it's wine, beer, and, and spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, beer as a category has actually been declining for a long time. And so that consumption has actually moved over into wine and spirits, who, which have been growing. Okay. Um, and so, no, uh, it's not impacted. <laughs> it's not impacted um, spirits so much so as it has um, cannibalized you know, other brands within the, the beer category. Um, yeah. And so, you know, consumers are in that are drinking beer, more and more drinking craft beers, um, but they're also drinking spirits and they're drinking wine as well, okay. uh, and more so than, than the beer category. Interesting. Yeah. Do you find that there have been other spirits or liqueurs that have been trying to mimic your formula or has there been a struggle in trying to stay unique in that sense? I mean, I think that's a constant struggle in, in this category. It's a very uh, cluttered category. You know, mm-hmm. you've, um, if you look at, um, and when I say category, I mean spirits. If you look at the vodka aisle, there are hundreds of vodkas um, to <laughs> choose from. Yeah. Um, same with whiskey. And so how do you choose? And it's growing every day. There are innovations every day. You know, that certainly requires the incumbent or legacy brands to uh, continue to be relevant to do that by staying in the conversation, by staying up on technology, by ensuring that they have the latest sort of marketing engine, um, mm-hmm. which digital is a, a central part of. Um, yeah, it is, you know, it's a challenge for us. Okay. I, I've got to ask, do you know where the Jaeger bomb came from? <laughs> where it originated? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, th- I think certainly did not come from Jaegermeister. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think what, if you think about the time in which it came about, you know, mid, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, Red Bull had just entered the, the U.S. In 97, in, around that in time. late yeah. 90s, um, and gaining popularity and gaining nationwide distribution during that same time. Jägermeister was also, at, you know, g- um, gaining popularity as well. And so I think at some point someone just put those just two together. <laughs> Magic um, happened there. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, yeah, I have so, no idea. So do you think that's created a stigma around the product and who you're currently marketing to? Um, it's it certainly has um, created a impression of what it is, what Jägermeister can be used for, what occasion it, it's yeah. it's for, and so um, widening that lens around which occasions I can drink it and acceptability and all of that um, is um, a big part of our job to be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've seen. You know, I'm a musician. Mm. Uh, I saw that you that Jaegers actually partnered with Live Nation, and this year you guys became the official sponsors uh, for the NHL. How do you feel those initiatives have changed the brand? Uh, we're where the consumer is. You know, the consumer um, has affinity towards um, platforms and, and properties like the NHL, and and we want to be there too. Uh, Jaegermeister should be ser- served ice cold. Yeah. And um, and so that messaging synergy with hockey also works very well. Um, and so it's it's actually really good that we are the official shot of uh, the NHL. So, yeah, we're happy with that partnership, <laughs> and, and it's where our consumer is, and, and so I, I'm sure it will go well for the, the next year. So a match made in heaven, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that that's helped to diversify Jägermeister as a whole? Um, it, it, it certainly helps reinforce our brand message um, and um, align us with the premium property. And, and so I think uh, that's, the goal, that's you know, the, some of the primary goals in, in reaching our consumer and, and getting those eyeballs. Gotcha. I would say you've executed some 
extremely successful uh, successful campaigns for for Dove. How do you plan on taking you know that experience, what you've done there, and applying it to campaigns at Jaeger? Uh, you know, I th yeah, we did some great things on on Dove um, with a lot of people here that um, <laughs> uh, worked on it with me, and and so you know, the thing, good thing about Unilever <laughs> is that. Um, they, from a communication communications perspective, are constantly pushing the envelope, and um, they have an iconic brand in Dove that really uh, started the viral video craze with Evolution in 2006 or five or around that time, and have really been able to, with a lot of their brands, in particular Dove and, and what we did with Dove Men, insert themselves into culture and be relevant to that consumer, and um, and so I think from that perspective and. Um, you know, we were doing content marketing when before content yeah. marketing was a thing, and so um, from that perspective, that those are things that are still relevant today and would be relevant at Jägermeister. Um, things like uh, on the conversion end of things, we uh, were one of the first in the category for Dove to do uh, Amazon A plus detail pages and and have content and that is um, robust and effective at driving conversion to user test experiences on e-commerce and how consumers yeah. got from media through to purchase on Amazon. Um, and so some of those learnings actually will still, um, I think are still uh, uh, relevant to companies today. Yeah. Yeah. Really tracking that whole, that whole funnel from awareness to retention and keeping that going. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like Jaeger's in great hands, you know, just, <laughs> just getting a chance to speak with you has absolutely been a pleasure. Is there anything else that you think, you know, it might be valuable for, for listeners or you might recommend as they're building out their, their own strategy? Uh, I think thinking about, um, you know, I think one of the, the challenges with digital is um, is that it's it's everything. Um, you know, everything is either enabled or, or happens in digital or can be. Um, and so, um, you know, part of the strategy is being choiceful and making the right choices. Um, and so choosing what works for you and, and how that marketing mix works for you, but also not being so narrow as though digital equals social content, yeah. um, I think is is a um, piece of advice I would, I would give people. All right, great. So, you know, Robert, thanks again for coming on the on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure uh, and letting us learn more about your, your specific space, the spirit space. For everyone out there, thanks again for tuning in to e-commerce disruptors. Please uh, subscribe and comment. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Electric Engine, and find more information at electricengine.com. Now, me and Robert are going to head out and, and take a shot of Jaeger to celebrate. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. This has been the E-Commerce Disruptors Podcast presented by Electric Engine. Subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at Electric Engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electricengine.com. That's engine spelled E-N-J-I-N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode and let us know what you'd want to hear in future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.